What's going on, guys? Thank you for joining us on today's Q&A. We're about nine minutes late, but that's all right, because technical problems. You know how uh, systems are, computers are, and you're trying to move them from spot to spot. But I am super delighted to be here today. we got uh, Saad here hey, today. Hey, John. How are you doing? Fantastic, buddy. So nice uh, to have you here again. I love these shows. The Q&As are exciting. And today we got some exciting questions. So I think we are live now because I'm looking at it. My watch is telling me we're live everywhere, which is awesome. So we're going to start off with question number one. A water pipe has burst on February 1st and has made the unit that's being rented in no condition to live in. Tenant wants to end lease as a result on March 31st which is two months earlier than the official lease expiry date. Landlord is refusing to end the lease earlier, even though the unit is not livable, and the tenant is living in a lodge as a result. Restoration work is not done and will most likely not even be done before the official end of lease. What can the tenant do? I, in this case, the tenant should uh, get uh, like a temporary accommodation for the time, uh, for the time, whatever left, a two-month left. So, the, so the landlord should provide accommodate like a temporary accommodation until whether the lease end or the unit finishes, whatever happens first. Right, but it says he's living in a lodge. And, oh, okay. But the thing is, the lease ends on May thirtieth. Oh, he wants out as March thirty first, which means he's actually willing to pay another two months before he leaves, even though he's not living there. Yeah. But for the last two months, the landlord won't let him out. Oh. So that's kind of the unique question. Um, I don't know if the landlord can hold them hostage this way. <laughs> hostage. Right? Well, I mean, like, being honest, right? Because if you, you can't provide the unit to live in, yeah. what is the person supposed to do? True. Right? So uh, that's something I would check with the landlord and tenant board because I don't think they can hold you liable for the rent. And in fact, if it's been inhabitable since the beginning of February, I don't think they can even hold you for March. So I think you might uh, be able to get, a, get off the lease from March, April, and May, and then move on since it's not going to be inhibitable and there's no uh, set preset date of when you expect to be able to go back. So I can't, uh, you know, I can't see them holding you to it, or at least the landlord and tenant board. So my, my suggestion is get a hold of them, see what they say. I don't see them, uh, you know, holding you hostage. Yep. Number two. Uh, I'm renting a townhouse, and the, the home has gas inside, but there is no line brought outside for the barbecue setup. I want to install my gas barbecue, and I'm willing to pay for the gas line extension to be brought outside, but my landlord is saying that he does not want that done, even though I'm willing to pay it for, for it myself. He said, maybe next summer and check back with him. Then, what are my actual options? Can the, land, the landlord really prevent me from doing this? Um, short answer is yes. Yeah. Because um, you need his consent. Yes. You can't alter consent. someone else's building. Yeah. You need the consent. It's part of the lease agreement. Yeah. Now you may want to talk to the landlord and see why is he so against it? Maybe he has certain fears that you can address. Maybe he's, um, you know, I mean, you can let him know that you're going to get a professional to do it. You're not going to try to install gas by yourself. You're going to get the professional to do it. Maybe that might put him on ease. Maybe have the professional talk to him, you know, explain what's going to happen. Or, or maybe the landlord themselves can, can suggest which professional to use. Yeah. This way it's under their, the, 
their choice. That's the other opportunity. You want a gas line put in, maybe the landlord can have it installed and, and then just send you the bill and you can pay it there. And maybe that'll be the way he'll be comfortable because he'll pick the contractor or he'll pick the, the, the person he wants to use for that. But other than that, if he turns around and says he does not want a gas line installed for your bar- barbecue, then your only option is to uh, go propane. And if you already have a uh, barbecue with that's a gas line, Maybe there's a conversion. You might have to just buy another barbecue. Don't think or there's a way around. There's some adapters sometimes. I'm, sometimes. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at that point in time, you might just be out of luck. Number three, my landlord said that I must move my furniture out and put it into storage because he's going to put the house on the market to sell. He said I can live in there still until the home sells, but he needs to stage the home and my stuff needs to get out. What am I obligated to do? And how much time do I have before I'm forced to move? Well, one thing is that is going to be dependent on who buys the home. The landlord cannot evict you for the purpose of selling a home. That is not really the law. Yeah. Um, in terms of uh, staging your furniture, it comes down to do you want to be a nice person and do it? You can, but you don't have to. You're not obligated to. The only thing you're obligated to is to allow them to show the house while the new prospective buyers are going through with 24 hours notice. So that's the only thing you're obligated to do is let them go in. And then should the new buyers offer on the house and get accepted, and then the buyers want to move in, they can then request vacant possession, which means at that point in time, you will get the 60-day notice and then it will be a legal uh, obligation because the buyer is going to move in. Yeah. If the buyer is going to be renting it out again, then they can't give you, they can't evict you. So the buyer is going to get their own tenants. They kind of have to honor your lease. So the only way they can evict you, basically, if the buyer is moving in, there's nothing the landlord can do. He cannot evict you until he has that firm offer that says they want vacant possession because they're moving in. In terms of your stuff, just make sure the, uh, your place is clean so that it's, you know, be somewhat workable. I wouldn't purposely, you know, fight the landlord, you know, so I, I would keep it clean, keep it uh, presentable, make sure everything's put away the way it's supposed to, allow them the 20, you know, within 24 hours notice, allow them in, stay out of their way. I, I suggest not being there when the agent shows the house. And then um, other than that, uh, start uh, doing your home search. Did I miss anything? No, no, but also another way that you can like deal with it is actually have a conversation with the landlord and let them know about your situation. If you're not, if you're like, if you don't want to move out right away or you don't want to put your furniture in a story, like have a conversation. Sometimes uh, you can reach an agreement where it works for both sides um, before you guys, you know, reach that uh, point. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think sometimes in this case, the landlord thinks by not staging it and by having your stuff in there is going to be a deterrent for any potential buyers. And he's worried about that. There might be hidden reasons why he has to sell. It may not be just a cash out. Um, again, I wouldn't put up a uh, wall and put your, you know, put your, uh, dig your feet in here and, and say, oh, no, I'm not going to listen because the landlord and tenant board says I don't have to. Um, because at the end of the day, they can. Um, Sometimes you need a reference, and that landlord could be your reference. So that may, uh, you know, if you cooperate with the landlord and you help the landlord out, and he's your reference, it might be a, uh, it might be the help you need when you find your next place. 
Number four, how does buying a home in Canada work when you are an international buyer? What do I need to know and what is the process? Ooh, <laughs> well, number one, if, if, if the buyer is an international buyer, then there's whatever property they end up buying, they're gonna put 15% foreign tax buyer on whatever the property is. Yeah, there's a, an additional tax. Basically. On top of the land transfer tax. So there's yes. land transfer tax and then there's foreign tax buyer, which is 15% of the, whatever the purchase amount is. That's number one. Number two, as an international buyer, yes, they can buy in Canada, but uh, depend, uh, regarding financing, that's a, like another topic because I'm not sure about the bank um, regarding international buyers. Well, yeah, that's going to be the key thing is yeah. uh, getting the money into the country yeah. and getting your financing. Will your mortgage broker where you live give you a mortgage? Do you have to get a mortgage in the country? That comes from asking a mortgage broker. Yeah. That I'm not sure. But also it makes a difference if you're buying the home in Canada to rent out or whether you're buying it because you're moving here. If you're moving here for new immigration, there is definitely buying incentives uh, out there for new immigrants. Yeah. Um, and in terms of mortgage qualifications, they do offer... Uh, yeah, there's some programs. Absolutely. Right? There's definitely programs. And, and when you're a new, new immigrant, and, you, and assuming you qualify, because there's certain criteria that you still need to do to qualify. So with the assumption that you're qualifying, one of the... Um, options is you're going to be able to buy with a 5% down payment if you're becoming a citizen or a resident of Canada. Um, again, that's going to be a topic with the mortgage broker. But if you're buying it as an investment property and you're not living in Canada, then prepare to pay 15% um, taxes on that. Yep. Yep. Um, again, the mortgage broker is going to be the key, the key component here. Yes, for that question. Okay, number five. I put an offer on a property that was accepted, but the bank said that they will not finance this property. What do I do now? We do have a home inspection, but we don't have one for financing. I'm assuming that meant a home inspection clause. Yeah, um, I guess. Well, you're the expert on this, considering you're, uh, you just dealt with something. <laughs> well, I mean... The, the 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 usual the clauses for home inspection or financing so if you don't get financing then then you can tell them and then you can like uh, do a mutual release but in your case it's a, it's a home inspection uh, it's a home inspection clause so t technically you, you don't have an if the home inspection passes as there's no concern then that doesn't that doesn't help but maybe you can have a conversation i mean the your agent can have a conversation with the listing agent regarding this matter. Maybe they would be okay to, to do a mutual release, even that it's a financing issue, because because now they might get a higher price for their property. But technically, they, it's, it's a it's a home inspection clause. So if the home inspection is good, then well, yeah, because that that's one thing you can rely on the home inspection. You have the home inspection done. Yeah, you better hope it fails because you can use that as your escape. But if it doesn't, you might be in a uh, little bit of a sticky situation. Yep. So there are other opportunities. You may want to find out from your mortgage broker as to why they're not going to finance the property. Yep. Because the issue might just be your mortgage broker or your bank, whoever you went to. Maybe that particular lender does not want to finance the home. There might be an opportunity to find a different lender that will finance the home. Yeah, like a B lender. 
if they're putting 20 percent down yeah there might be a b lender might be even an a lender but a different a lender maybe yep. maybe the person you're dealing with only has access to one bank or one lender or two lenders you might need a different broker that might have access to more lenders um again talk to your brokers don't just assume i mean the key thing here is going to be to find out why once you know why you're not getting the financing then the options of what to do next will open up again if it didn't appraise properly that could be a whole different ballgame because if it didn't appraise properly i'll give you an example if the home was eight hundred thousand dollars or that was your offer and you're uh, you had two hundred thousand dollars down but the appraisal only came in at seven hundred thousand they're expecting you to put in the extra hundred thousand they're not going to finance it because so, you were because it's basically appraised at 700, not 800. Now, if you don't have the extra 100,000, that's where you have a problem. Um, is it possible to get it reappraised somewhere else with someone else that might appraise it at the 800? It is a possibility. But again, it comes back down to talking to whoever you went to for your mortgage to see what other uh, appraisals they can get. If there's another appraisal, if there's another option and, and see what can be done there. And if that, uh, if you went to a bank, then yeah, you know what? Get a mortgage broker, not the bank. The broker can can funnel the uh, loan to many different uh, lenders and see if someone can get approved. Goes back, maybe you can get a private loan for the difference of the hundred thousand as a second mortgage. Not recommended, but that might be uh, an option versus uh, getting uh, stuck. So, uh, again, the key word again is why. Yeah. Once you figure out why, then you can figure out the the solution to this. So. Number six, with Russia invading Ukraine and the possibility of world war looming, how is that going to affect the current real estate market? Well, if it's in Ukraine or Russia, pretty bad. If it's anywhere else in the world, we're going to find out because we don't know. This could be a short thing, could be over. I mean, look at stocks. When this, um, when this uh, war threat was around, the stocks took quite a dip. And trust me, when I say that, I lost 200 bucks in 24 hours. So they took quite a dip. Um, so that's an indication of what could happen. But I don't think it's a permanent thing. There's no reason to panic yeah, because uh, for sure. this is not going to last forever and it will bounce back. So if you need to move, I wouldn't worry about it. If you don't need to move, wait a week to see if it's a full-fledged war. There might be an opportunity to buy it a little bit lower. When I say a little bit lower, I'm talking about you might say 50 grand. We're not talking about like, you know, half price here. Yeah. So, but hey, waiting a week or two isn't going to make that big of a difference. So just see how it turns out. I wouldn't be overly concerned. If you have to move, move. True. Okay. Number seven. I need your opinion on something. If you know, I recently sold my condo. I went for a buyer visit as the buyer agent requested me to go and show the buyer, I'm assuming he's a realtor here. Yes. Um, uh, to show the buyer locker. Uh, the buying agent had to go because she had another appointment. Anyways, the buyer then asked me to find them another unit to purchase in the same area as they believe know the area since I lived there. And they asked me to not mention to the agent. Well, on the Form 320, she signed, she presented them, meaning they are under B BRA, Buyer Presentation Agreement. Any advice, I would love a client but of course i don't want to be in trouble what what's the best approach well the the first problem starts with that their agent left their agent's supposed to be the one that shows 
the condo on the revisit yeah. or supply one from their own office or somebody they know. Yeah. But they just sort of showed up, let them in with you there, and then left. That's problem number one. So it kind of gives you an indication of their type of relationship, I mean, between the buyer and the agent. But regardless of that, they're under a BRA, which basically means that they're represented by that agent. Ethically speaking, I don't think you should be involved. Um, right now, what I would, as bad as I say, I would avoid them. Um, I would just say, right now, you're represented. I can't talk to you. Let it be. Let it go. After closing day, once it's closed and the deal is done, the representation is done because the transaction has been completed. Yeah. So at that point in time, I w- just ethically speaking, I would not contact the people. What I would do is I would just let it be. If after closing day, they call you up and say, hey, I want you to help me look, then it's your own personal discretion because the buyer's agency is over because the transaction is completed. Yeah. But again, I would not pursue them. Yeah. But if they pursue you after closing, there's opportunity. And if they don't, let it be. Let it be, yeah. Number eight, what can you do if you bought a condo recently and just moved in, you discovered that someone on the floor or downstairs, upstairs, is smoking weed a lot, and the smell is going up to my unit and wakes me up at 1 a.m. almost daily. My two-year-old is getting this in her room as well. So obviously... It's disrupting your pattern, your life. Yeah. It's leaving you in some form of discomfort. Yeah. Um, if it's a condo, which it is, then, well, yeah, because why else would it be any? Yeah, that makes sense. It it's a condo. A condo yeah. um, one thing is maybe ch- uh, check what the condo rules are to see if it's even allowed. Like I know a lot of people say, oh, weed has been legalized. But, but smoking is not allowed in some condominiums. Right. But I, again, the thing is, a lot of people say weed is allowed in smoke and, you know, whatever. What it is, is it's allowed based on the government. But the condo declaration actually, in this case, would outweigh that legalization because it's about the whole complex, about everybody's enjoyment, everybody's use, not just the individual. So it's, it's the needs of all. And if the condo declaration says that uh, weed or smoking is not allowed in the condo, then that would supersede the uh, legislation in that way. So that being said, the first thing I would do is uh, check the declaration to see if it's allowed or not in the uh, declaration. If it's not allowed, then it's very simple. You can just reach out to the property management to have them uh, send out notices um, find out who it is, find out where it's coming from, and uh, make sure it stops. But if the declaration says they're allowed to smoke weed, that is a very bad and difficult situation to be in. Yeah, true. Because um, then you need to figure out what the priorities are. Right. Again, it still comes down to you could talk to property management because if you're having an allergic reaction, it's affecting you in the form of allergy. Um, and it's affecting your well-being. That one there becomes tricky because in a rental situation, I would know the answer. I do not know if it applies in a purchase situation. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, for example, I'll use an example that's kind of similar. There's not, the landlords cannot say there's no pets when you rent their, your space to them. 
and that's just not legal. But if the landlords are allergic to a pet, like a dog or a cat or whatever, and they say no pets because of a form of allergy, so when you move out, it could cause them an issue, then they can say no pets for that reason. This will be the same situation where if, there, if, if you had an allergy or a reaction, which you're saying you do, and if it was a rental unit and you occupied one spot and the other person occupied the other spot, that can be uh, brought up. But because it's a purchase, I don't know. That one, again, talk to property management is my best advice on that yep, one. Yep, I agree. Okay. Are you, number nine? Yeah. I bought a new home and gave my realtor my bank drafts for the deposit. He's now asking me for my bank account number, and I don't understand why he needs it. He needs that info when he asked for a bank draft from the bank. I'm feeling uneasy about it. Is it really necessary? Um, the short answer is yes. Yes. The long answer is it's not about the bank draft. It's not about the bank. Yeah. It's really documents that are required by the realtor brought on to you by your uh, prime minister and his rules that he implemented. Yeah. Um, it's really kind of the way of government tracking where the money is going. So uh, it's part of the what money laundering and terrorist act. Yes. So apparently you're a money launderer and they have to make sure that they're going to catch you. Um, it's kind of ridiculous, but it is the rules. It is the requirements. Yeah. It's he does, not, the, your agent does need that information. Yeah, it has, it's not the agent that wants it. Because yeah. trust me when I say it, the agent doesn't care where you got the money from. The agent doesn't care what, what you did with it. And the agent doesn't care about your bank account. Yeah. But he can't complete the papers properly and submit them without that information. Yes, 100%. Um, question from a realtor. We did a showing in a newer area. The buyer told me he had actually registered to purchase the house next door before it was built, but couldn't afford it at the time. I checked the TELUS listing, and it shows that the neighboring house is on a do not call list. Is there any other way I may contact them? Yes, there is. <laughs> on the door, knock on the door, introduce yourself to the new owner, talk to him, let him know that, um, don't say the, uh, what you just said, where all oh, my uh, client wanted to buy your house but couldn't afford it, and, uh, and that's how you ended up getting it. No, don't start that way. Instead, go in and turn around and say, I have a client that is really interested in this home. Are you interested in selling now or in the future? And if you are, would I be able to, would you be interested in talking to me about it? Or can I leave you my card? Should you decide to sell this home in the near future, would you mind reaching out to me? Because my buyer is very interested. Yes. That's the best way. Simple. Yeah. Start a conversation with you. You never know. He may not be interested in today, but he may call you back in six months and the buyer may still be interested in that house. Yeah. Because for any reason, his job probably relocated him or something. You never know. Yeah, and on top of that, the fact that you're kind of calling him directly, there's this misconception that they think they're saving on fees, so they may be inclined to call you instead of their agent. Yep. yep. Um, and it's, it's an, like basically you guys are meeting face to face, and that that helps a lot. And you can do an off market deal as well, yep. which could um, smoothen the transaction and make it quicker. Yep. So I, I, again, there's many opportunities, many possibilities, but start off with a door knock. Who knows? 
it may as a realtor it may help you because even if he doesn't sell his house, he may turn around and say, "Hey, my buddy Charlie down the road wants to sell his house. He's been thinking about it." Now you got a new person to contact to yeah. see if you can help. New lead. Exactly. Very simple. Yeah. Number eleven. Yes. Me and my family just purchased this house a few months ago, and we assumed the hot water tank rental. And I brought in an inspector from the rental company, Innercare. They told me that I have to change the tank because it's a 15-year-old tank. So do you advise me on reviewing the contract with them or should I just buy a new one? That's personal preference. It is. It is. Depending on how much the rent is per month, you do the math, if you prefer to own it or not. That's really preference. Yeah. Now, here's the one thing, right? Like, if we're talking about furnace, air conditioning... Do not follow today's trend where people are renting that. Yeah. That will actually become a problem yeah. if you want to sell it. But in terms of the hot water tank rental, that is so common today. That is so normal. And it's almost all of them are already on rentals anyways. Not all, but almost all. So with that being said, the rental on that is usually very low. It's usually between $24 to $48 a month. Um, we're buying a new, if you're buying a tank, it's probably about $1,500 to $2,500. Um, and over the scheme of things, it does not help your value. Like you're not going to get more for your house because you're not paying the $24 a month for the lease on yeah. the uh, hot water tank. And there's also like an advantage if, you, if it's on the lease, anything wrong has happened to the water tank. You just give them a call and they come fix it because that's part of the lease contract. You don't have to worry about the cost to fix it. That's true too. Yeah, yeah just like what you have right now. It's, if you just renew the uh, contract, they'll just come there, take it out, put in a new one. Yeah. You may even have the opportunity to get the uh, waterless tank yeah. installed, which uh, I think the difference per month is like $15, and it's like instant water. And that is actually a good feature to have. I mean, I have that in my place. And I love it. I, I don't like the tanks because then you have to worry about, oh, my God, someone showered an hour before me. I'm going to get cold water. That doesn't happen. If it's tankless, tankless yeah. it's constantly hot. And it's hot, you know, like within seconds. Yeah. So my personal opinion is I would rent it. I rent it. I just don't bother. It's not worth buying it out. Yeah. Number 12, another realtor question. Can a client have more than one buyer rep agreement at the same time if they are in a different area? I have a client wanting to purchase a property in either in the North Bay or Pembroke, extremely different areas. If he signed a buyer rep for Pembroke, Ottawa area, can he sign another one with the agent in North Bay? I am neither of those agents, just one in Toronto who's referring him out. And the answer is, as long as the areas don't cross, he absolutely can. I mean, technically, you can sign both buyer reps. You're just he's going to end up paying both people. So why would he? But so the idea is to one area, one agent, another area, another agent. There's no problem. Yeah. Just make sure that the new buyer's rep does not cross areas because some agents like to put in, as an example, you know, you're seeing Pembroke, and you know somebody might just turn around and say Ontario and wants to cover the whole damn thing, and then they're trying to get them on that. You got to be very specific. Make sure that yeah. the buyer's rep is very specific to North Bay, like the other one's very specific, to Pembroke and Ottawa. That's pretty much the simplicity of that. So short answer, yes. Just be uh, careful with the details. Yep. And that is All the, the Q&A so for far. Today. Yep. And I don't see any new ones. I'm going to log on to social media sites to see if ones came through that didn't show up on our list. 
I don't think they did. Okay, there's nothing there. Uh, let me look at the group. The groups, groups, groups. Uh, okay. We're live. It's there. YouTube. Channel. Okay, this one's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm going to click on here. Uh, nope, not there. How about that? I get to see myself and we're pretty clear. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So in terms of the Q&A, that's all the questions and answers. Unless somebody watching now wants to type in one quickly before we get off. Other than that, man, like, what's, well, yeah, what's going on, man? Well, I'm looking forward for the spring market. I've been noticing a little bit of a, a more inventory coming up on the market lately, especially in the last week. Like every day, um, more and more options are coming onto the market, and that's like that's that's a yeah absolutely. something to look forward for. Absolutely, yeah. I've noticed that too. Like I mean, like in January, as an example, oh. you'll see a hundred listings like in one week or something, and then all of a sudden you look in February. Now there's two hundred in the same. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. So it's been a little bit better. We're still far from out of the woods. We're still far from clear. Oh yeah, but yeah. it is but slight it's just slightly more help. Yeah, yeah. Better what I've enough. noticed though, yeah, is a change in buyer reaction. Where you used to get, as an example, I'm going to over exaggerate. Mm -hmm. We're used to get 200 showings in the one home. Mm -hmm. You're now getting 30 or 40. That's a huge drop. Yes, the offer situation as well. When you when we used to average the offers between twenty four and thirty four, now they're coming in at eight to twelve offers. Yeah, so that could be interesting. Could be a buyer fatigue. Yeah, because a lot of people are getting fed up. I mean, yeah. I started off. I started off this year with uh, about seven buyers, and uh, let me rephrase it: seven buyers that have not been successful with. Okay. Forget the ones that are done deals. Mm -hmm. Seven buyers that have not been successful with because of overbidding and whatever and not one of them wants to see another house until this stops yeah so i can't be the only one dealing with it. yeah i agree yeah so wire fatigue uh, you know they're like just maybe in the spring hoping for more options out there to to kind of deflate this pressure on on, on the present the bidding and the uh also in uh, the fear of um the rising interest rate yep that's that, another reason too. Yeah. Uh, there's been some uh, valuations that didn't come through, like the mortgage question we had earlier. Yeah. Where uh, possibly they didn't want to finance it because the house didn't qualify. Yeah. Right. That's so crazy. lower. I've heard of that happening where you know it doesn't get appraised properly, and uh, they don't know how to close at that point. So there's many many factors. Also, the fact that um, some of the mandates have been lifted. The um, We'll say restaurants, gyms, and all that are full capacity. Yeah. Uh, we're about four days away from dropping the vaccine passport. Um, a lot of the uh, travel restrictions have been reduced. So maybe with all the fatigue, maybe more people are starting to say, hey, where can I fly? Where can I travel? Yeah. I don't really want to uh, be cooped up in my house anymore, and I want to get out and go see something. Yeah. So, and that might have just shifted priorities. Yeah. I've, I've, heard, I've heard this point of view recently a few times about the buyers now that the restrictions are lifted up they start traveling and start going on vacation so for sure absolutely and you know hey power to them because i want to do the same yeah. 
So for those who have tuned in, I want to say thank you for tuning in. We do this every two weeks Q&A at 12 o'clock. The next one is going to be on Thursday, obviously, March the 10th at 12 o'clock noon. It's going, you know, send us your questions. We'll be glad to uh, put it on our uh, show. You feel free to join us live or you can watch us after. Either one works, but we're going to answer all your questions. It's been a slice. If you're enjoying the uh, podcast and you're on YouTube, subscribe below if, uh, or join the uh, Facebook group if you're on Facebook. It's been a slice. Looking forward to uh, the next one. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.